You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the Art History Babes. Very excited to be talking to Caroline Colloway. Hi, Caroline. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm Caroline Calloway. I self-identify as the aspiring art history babe. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is all, this is episode one of a long con <laughs> scam, if you will, to uh, become a regular contributor to the Art History Babes podcast because I'm a super fan of what you guys are doing. And I feel like for the listeners at home, I just have to be totally honest. We've been on this phone call for like, we just talked to each other for like 10 minutes. So I feel so strange being like, hi, so nice to meet you. How are you? I know. You have to like <laughs> turn on the radio voice. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll kind of fade away after a few minutes. Amazing. It's weird how quickly you'll get used to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that to kick in at any moment. So hit me with your question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caroline. Well, can you tell us, can you just tell us and the Art History Babes listeners a little bit about what you do? Well, I, you know, this is such a great question. And I still don't have an answer that really, I feel like captures it. But I usually go with the sentence, I write heartfelt, funny stories about my life on Instagram for a living. And doing that enables me to offset the cost of living fashionably in New York with gifted shit. And I don't do brand deals, but with every story I mean that both like the literal IG story and the long captions that I post in my grid post, I bring value to the visual art that I do, which are paintings. And right now I'm doing Matisse inspired cutouts. And instead of selling ads, I sell those paintings, which mean a lot to me and mean a lot to the people who buy them. And that's, that's how I pay the bills by being an artist. And I, I live in a lot of clutter. So if I don't really hammer home that artist angle, then I'd just be um, a hoarder. So, you know, I'm an artist. <laughs> yeah. Word. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a great approach to any type of what would be considered socially like unacceptable behavior. I just like <laughs> justify it with like, well, I'm, you know, I'm an artist. It's that artist brain. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know how it is. Yeah, you get it. That's why I keep dead flowers around in vases <laughs> when they should be probably conventionally in the trash. I hear they're the new Vanitas still lifes. 
One hundred percent. Yeah. Like dead flowers. That can be our next shirt, just a bouquet of dead flowers oh, and just vanity toss. That would be good. That would be good. <laughs> or a sticker. That'd make a good sticker. That would make a good sticker. So you consider yourself to be like a storyteller first and foremost, correct? Yeah, I would actually say an artist because I think of the stories that I tell on Instagram. I think of the the writing that I make as being as legitimate as any sentences printed in a book, which I think it's bananas that that's a controversial opinion to hold. Mm -hmm. I also think of Instagram itself, the grids that we make, the way that you can tap through stories. I think of that as an artistic medium. So I would say storyteller second to being an artist. Yeah, totally. And I think this approach of like Instagram as art medium essentially is Mm -hmm. is kind of a a controversial thing which is absurd because it's a tool that we all use on a daily basis but like it receives a lot of criticism and flack and and I'm not even just talking about you specifically I'm talking about anyone Mm -hmm. who really leans in to Instagram as a form of expression or medium is it definitely bound. opens you to being ridiculed. Yeah, 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 is bound to be ridiculed in some way or or like downplayed. Do you have any ideas like why that is or why that's such a common thing? Yes, I do. And I actually my views on this are very very rooted in art history and my experience. So I studied art history at Cambridge University. It's a three-year program, absolutely incredible. They use the city of Cambridge to actually teach you the history of art, everything from putting you in buses and taking you out to look at cave paintings to the Roman ruins that Cambridge is based on. Cantabrigia was the Roman river port, and that's actually what our emails are. It's at canttab.net. I love that little intersection of technology and, and Roman civilization. Yeah. And to the, from all that up into the Baroque chapels and Gothic architecture and the modern art that is in collections in the different colleges. And so you get a really exhaustive look at the full sweep of the history of art. A pattern that I've seen repeated over and over is that technology is always looked down upon. You know, first it was like new pigments and paint Mm -hmm. and synthetic Mm -hmm. pigments seeing as like of lesser merit. But more, I think more analogous is the example of the introduction of photography. Mm -hmm. Um, When like cameras were first invented, I mean, people were like, this is technology. This is science. This is too democratized because anyone can buy a fucking camera. And you know, you have to go to art school to learn how to paint. And it was also younger people who were interested in buying cameras and making art with it. And now almost every major museum in the world has a photography collection. And I'm not out here trying to say that all Instagram posts are fine art or at every tweet, you know, is art. But I'm not saying every short story or every painting is good art. I really just think we need a reevaluation of of how much potential we allow social media to have as an expressive media, as an expressive medium. And I also think a twin 
bias with our bias against technology is our bias against media that is the purview of young women in particular. Mm -hmm. And Instagram has really become an area where young women express themselves visually. And if you just look at anything, um, you know, samplers come to mind, you know, things that embroidery, things that were sort of like girl crafts, scrapbooks are another good example. Mm -hmm. All of these things were things that young girls did for creative expression, and they are not considered fine art. I mean, barely so. The, The Met has recently put on display some Revolutionary War era samplers in the American wing, but they're tucked away in a little corner and very hard to find. And we don't even know the women who made them because their names are not remembered. And these sort of things like Victorian scrapbooks, they're not displayed with paintings from the same era because these media were really sort of sidelined because of their association with women, particularly young women. Yeah, it's so interesting, like all of these mediums are talking about, including Instagram. I feel like they're the type of expression that people will walk right up to the line of calling it art and then won't call it art. Mm -hmm. Like they'll admit that it takes some creativity and that it takes, you know, some thought and technical skill and like all these things, but then they won't put the stamp on it, like the stamp of approval. And yeah, it is so tied up in patriarchy and you know, masculine, quote unquote, things being like the right things and the better and always what to strive for. And I, I feel like we're starting to kind of call that out a lot more as a society, which is great. And, you know, like, we talked a little bit before we started recording about Corey's thesis topic. And like, even that like craftivism as like, art, like fine art, and talking about it in papers and articles is just solidifying like no this really is art (laughs) and we need to just accept that yeah move on I mean I had when I was writing my thesis yeah which was on craft activism like which is a largely dominated I love that craftivism it's largely dominated by by women and when I was writing it, one of our professors like even brought up, I remember while we were like working through writing our theses in like our writing course, she she brought up like, I feel like one thing you're going to have to really focus on is like justifying this as art. And it made me want to scream. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you kidding me wow. right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that assessment of it's just, yeah, it's so easy to shut down any means of expression that isn't in the typical, largely masculine, like identified world of, you know, what fine art is. And that like brings me to you first hit our radar when I I saw a post that you made a while back. It was maybe like a month or two ago about your time at Cambridge as an art historian. And in the caption, you talked about how you hope to someday get a PhD in art history. But then you talked about how art history as a discipline isn't keeping up with digital creativity. And that that was very interesting to me. Do you have any specific thoughts on ways that art history could maybe help the incorporation of these new technological mediums into like the canon of art history, like the cultural zeitgeist? Oh, God. I mean, that's 
that's where the work has to be done. But it right, <laughs> it's not if art history and you know because art history isn't a an entity, a, a you know a conscious entity. It's made up of the many mm-hmm. different dissenting conscious entities that are the art historians in whatever capacity in the world. It's up mm-hmm. to art historians to start including digital media so that it can be taken seriously on every level of that trickle-down effect because even I think it's hard for something I really struggled with at Cambridge when I was building my brand and writing my captions and taking those photos and editing them was just how long it took me every every mm-hmm. post. And I was so, back in mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, it was so deeply shameful to me how much time and how much energy I was spending building this thing. Of course, being successful at building a brand is now such a very socially palatable skill, but it was really disdained even just like a couple of years ago. It was something that you... People wanted you to be good at, but they didn't want it to be anything that you put effort into. It had to be sort of this like mm-hmm. accidental talent. Like, what? Me? I just woke up, like, you know, with all these posts. It's like the cool girl trope, like just being cool and casual. Yeah, exactly. Because it was so deeply uncool to care about what you put on Instagram. But I think people. Mm-hmm. People are much more open now talking about how much they care and how much work they put into it. But I think it's interesting that you say that people come right up to the line of calling it art because actually some people do just fucking call it art. I think what I make on Instagram is art and I see Instagram as my artistic medium. And like, why not? It's a vehicle for creation. Not everyone who walks around with a camera thinks of what they're making as art or considers themselves an artist, but some people do. <laughs> like Exactly. That's a gross analogy. It's a vehicle, and people need to just stop trying to define what other people are doing all the time. <laughs> yeah. I know. And that's such a like such a complicated take, I feel like, for us to take as like an that's art history, what we do. Like <laughs> podcasts, because art historians do, do like that's what they do. They like define you know, art and put art into categories and they like, they make sense of out of it in that way. And we're just like, everyone just stop. <laughs> just yeah. like, like, let's just, I think we're good. here. Exactly. Like, Fine. let's just appreciate art and creativity and like, and be excited about these new tools we have mm-hmm. to express ourselves, you know, like, totally. We're so lucky. Exactly. We're so lucky. And, and Instagram is an incredibly democratic tool for expressing yourself to an audience. Like you have, an audience you get to grow an audience Mm -hmm. and like you can post anything you want you can make memes you can share your art you can write like you can share your day-to-day in a very like curated way you can express yourself in all these different ways and people can choose whether they want to consume it or not and that's like a very that's an amazing thing Mm -hmm. yeah some people can yeah and you know what I actually use my my Instagram for, in addition to telling stories, is that I use it to self-assign art history research projects, research them, and write about them. And I call myself an art historian because I have a publishing platform where I can assign myself art history projects and research them. And I would never say I'm the best art historian or even like 
a pretty good art historian. I say I'm like a very particular I'd say I'm a gateway drug art historian. <laughs> I think my greatest talent as an art historian lies in my ability to bring, as Gombrich would call it, the story of art to life and to really to really make like dry stuff human and fresh. And that's exactly how I like being an art historian. Yeah. And I do get to make lots of things and publish it. And that's so wonderful. And I also get to be an art historian in exactly the way that I want to be because of my Instagram as well. I wonder if that's why maybe some people are so triggered is because you're just in complete control of all of it. And that can be upsetting to people to watch like a young, intelligent woman just like not wait for any sort of permission and just do it yourself and take it into your own hands. And not only not wait for permission, but also not really get bogged down in the criticism either. I yeah. Could, yeah. I think we can. I mean, everything you just said, we can relate to a lot because yeah. that's what this platform was built on. It was essentially like being frustrated with the way art history was being done and wanting to do it our own way. And yeah, kind of wanting to be a gateway drug for people and and get people excited about art history in a very human way, in a way where we're hanging out in our living room, just chatting, having drinks, like, but also talking about art and art history and relating it to our lives. And we wanted to come at it from that angle. And sometimes, you know, we get criticism that's very, I think people are, yeah, very triggered by that because we're not following the typical path of an art historian. Like, like, yes, we did get graduate degrees, but like, we kind of decided to do this our own way. And, you know, I think it's also tough because I find myself falling into this trap sometimes is that you study art history because you care. Like no one's in art history for the money, you know, like no (laughs) one, no one goes into art history to like, you know, make it in Hollywood. Like you (laughs) end up in this discipline because like you really, truly care about this stuff and that passion that curiosity that that just like giving fucksness is like drives all the reading that you do and all this sort of like the collecting of small facts and let's be honest a lot of those facts we never get to use and mm-hmm. then and then something happens in our life where like we see an opportunity to correct someone or like someone has said something, but they haven't included this small fact that we know. And like, my God, will there ever be another chance to include this small fact ever? (laughs) And I sometimes see myself bulldozing through conversations to be like almost in slow-mo, like running towards the opening where I can be like, my one chance to say this fact, like (laughs) maybe ever. And I, and I'm not immune to to the art history superiority complex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I see people sort of weaponizing to put me down and to put you down by sort of saying I know more like because because honestly it is hard having all this information that has no value other than the fact that it's nice to know it and it's it's mm-hmm. nice to furnish our brains so so richly and so beautifully, but it it doesn't have a lot of 
opportunities for use in the physical world. And so I think when people see an opportunity to feel good about the random facts that they have squirreled away in their mind that they may never get to use again, I think a lot of people come out swinging. And and sometimes I find myself doing that just to be like, haha, I know, like, <laughs> and to just like feel good about that. It's just an easy, it's an easy ego rush. An ego rush is something I just made up. It's a cross between an ego boost and a sugar rush. And honestly, I, I found do not apologize for it. That's what I wanted to say. It I love it. not an error. I love it. Yeah, it was said yeah, with and intention. I think too, yeah. speaking further to that idea, like you said, you know, no one goes into art history for the money and the or the fame or the fame. Yeah, and the the best. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I would think I we and Andy. Well, I mean, they weren't art historians, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it's not a good it's not a good analogy. You guys keep going. Your point is better. <laughs> but like you you know, you go into it because you love studying art and learning about art. That's why I went into it. And the thing is though, to make it in this discipline in some way, it does require a lot of work without much recognition. And you know, we know exactly. we know plenty of people who have worked their asses off their whole lives to like be art historians and be good art historians. So like I have infinite empathy for that. I understand it completely. And so when people decide that they, you know, and I think that's applicable to other, you know, art forms as well, not just art history, but like writing, I think is another great example. You know, there are people who have studied and, and made all the right moves to become a writer. And then when you show up and you're like writing these captions on Instagram and, and getting recognition for it or writing about art history on Instagram and getting recognition for it, people are mad because they're like, I took the long route. <laughs> like, uh, so they want to shut it down. But like, but instead of rationally thinking that through, like you just said it, they just know they're mad. And just that's it. There's no like, oh, I'm triggered by this because of my own personal. No, no, no. They just see red. Yeah, <laughs> like. no, there's none of that. Literally. Yeah. Can you imagine the comment that's like, I'm so triggered by <laughs> the time that I've spent doing all the right things that I want to say something mean. No, you just cut straight to the the comment that's like, how could you call yourself an art historian when blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if this is going to be like triggering for you or if like this is even something you want to talk about on air, but it makes you feel any better. Whatever troll situation oh, you have, yeah. I promise we're not trying course. to compete <laughs> not at all. We've had very, yeah, I mean, very minimal. It's not a competition, but I already one hundred percent. We're actually very lucky. It's been yeah. very minimal. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was we once got a review on on uh, iTunes that said we know nothing. Oh yeah, <laughs> they know like, nothing. They know nothing, <laughs> which is blatantly false. <laughs> And like that's one of my favorites. But um, the whole review, they know nothing. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Like one star, and they know nothing. (laughs) Which is (laughs) like you can don't get me wrong. Some like some criticisms that are leveled against us are fair. Like we get good feedback, we get good criticism sometimes. That one was just 
blatantly untrue. Like, we have a knowledge base, sir. (laughs) We know at least a few things. Like, I totally agree with that assessment. I'm like, this fucking dick. Like, this guy. This guy. Um, Like, no way was there a woman who was like, they know nothing. Like, it was like some guy being like, they know nothing. Yeah, exactly. But But no, you're, I mean, yeah, we're, like, if anything, like, from what, from what I've seen of, you know, the amount of things that get thrown your way, I'm kind of infinitely impressed with how you deal with it because I feel like I would find it very exhausting and I'm sure you do, but like you, you deal with it in a very, you know, you face it and you just like handle it. I feel like we're due for a how to deal with trolls book. Like honestly, societally, like, I mean, people need to know. I was actually going to give you a little bit of advice which is not how to deal with trolls, but it's just, I, yeah, I was not always so good at dealing with growing up in the public eye, see the four years of my life when I was addicted to Adderall and sold a book that I didn't want to write. So it's definitely taken a while to become so, so empowered by embracing the truth head on. But something that occurred to me that I wanted to tell you guys, because I wish someone had told me like back in the day when I was first starting my brand, is that this period of time when your community is still small enough that like, you don't really have trolls yet. No one's like, obviously, you'll get a few messages that are just like hating on you Mm -hmm. for the sake of of hating on you. But when the community is like still small enough that they're like, no one's sort of like radicalized for you or against you. This is like the best time to (laughs) use your audience for feedback because if all goes well, this will grow to a point where it will become unhealthy for you to intake everyone's opinion with, with gravitas and weight because there will just if you guys keep growing this and and art history babes becomes you know the empire that i want it to it will just become a point where there'll be too many opinions and you'll have to start only taking them from people that you trust so it's really really enjoy and learn everything that you can from this early period where like you can just rely so much on your community for feedback no that's good advice yeah no that's great advice like that definitely especially when you're and i'm sure you can relate to this but like when you're in the business of trying to build a a following, trying to build any type of, yeah, empire for yourself. I know myself personally, it's, it's difficult for me to be patient. Like, I'm like, I want it to work now. I want it to be able to pay all my bills now. Like, and like you saying that is a great reminder that like, we started this because we love talking about art with people that we love like we love hanging out with each other and talking about art and it's this really beautiful thing that we created from a very honest place and like we should enjoy it in its stage right now Mm -hmm. and not try to rush into the future because the future is going to come with its own obstacles and quite frankly this whole thing happened really naturally and organically like we didn't set out to start an art history podcast that was going to be like our business plan per se like just like Corey mm-hmm. said we enjoy talking to each other about art and I think we grew a following because it was so on- authentically just us enjoying doing it we weren't trying super hard to like 
pull in a following in those early stages. And when the people responded to it, that's when we were like, oh, whoa, like people like us, people like (laughs) this, you know, so it's coming from that place, I think, that even got us where we are. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just important to 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 remember to enjoy the journey. (laughs) All about that. But actually, but also sky's the fucking limit. I am so sick and tired of like women not being able to want shit. Like Mm -hmm. I want you to grow this really big and I want you guys to not feel, don't tell yourselves to like slow down or like, I mean, it's balancing enjoying the journey with enjoying your ambition, you know? Mm -hmm. So like definitely don't slow down. I mean, just, it is, it is nice where you are. It's just, yeah. I mean, like, Phase two, you'll need to like start pulling in a circle of like people whose opinions you can really trust when it just like you reach that saturation point where it's just like information overload from people. And it's like if you started weighing everyone's feedback, it would just take every hour of your day. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I'm sure I see you guys going with this, but um, you know who you should talk to actually? Who? I should set you up my friend Stephanie Hydrick, who's at the Met. She's one of the um, she's like the most followed curator at the Met and she would just be a great next person for you to interview. I mean, yeah, since this isn't really an interview, this is the first of contributing <laughs> guest series hardcore for the intro to your next episode will be like well we heard from caroline calloway who laid it on very thick in the last episode of our we are so sorry for that we will never be talking to her again but no i'm really excited to be in row this like let's go what are you when will you be able to do this full time i'm so curious about this hopefully so soon yeah exactly (laughs) like we both well I work two like side gigs but I work from home so I can like work on this basically full-time so I mean the hours that go into it right now are probably close to full-time already but it doesn't pay the bills Mm full-time yet so yeah hopefully soon we're like we're we're moving in all the right directions. A lot of really exciting things are happening for us. We're writing a book right now, which is beyond thrilling. Oh my thrilling. god, that's amazing! What's the angle of yeah. the book? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically the four of us are writing it together, and it's going to be like an honest art dictionary. So a dictionary of art and art history terms, but written in a very like colloquial, like funny, down to earth kind of way. And we want to include as many things like internet art and Instagram art and, you know, like all of these Mm -hmm. things that typically- Yeah, memes, things that typically haven't been included in art dictionaries yet. So- Oh my God, that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you. That's going to be so fucking great. Yeah, it's going really well so far. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it feels good. It feels Mm -hmm. good what we're making. So that's a good feeling. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to have kind of like a new project to focus on and just do something a little different. And po- I mean, I love podcasting. I'll never get sick of just talking because yeah. it is ultimately always easier. <laughs> yeah. But having the writing bend is nice. And yeah, trying to enjoy the, the process. I'm actually uh, starting a podcast this fall. Maybe you guys should come on mine. Yeah, yeah I would sure. love to. Love to. Okay. Also, I just want to take a little moment because I feel like when I listen to podcasts, it's because I want something 
to just like fill up my Mm -hmm. time because it can be boring to be alone with your own thoughts, but it can also be really tough. And I just wanted to like sort of reach through this podcast to whoever's listening to it right now and just, just remind them that we're all going to die and whatever you're worried about, it's probably, it's probably not that bad caroline you are like so on our level (laughs) (laughs) like we all the time i think our last episode we were like ah nothing matters yeah here learn about etruscan art truly like like, just like a little mid episode existential crisis and then we just like moved right on it was great you will die everyone you know will die don't worry guys we Um, have stickers coming soon (laughs) you're gonna die exactly my vibe like death is inevitable stickers <laughs> right I you know love it. I love that yeah we 100%. get percent yeah. um yeah and that actually so yeah that actually leads perfectly into the other question I had which is something that I know we kind of try to embody on our platform and it's something that you are really from what I can tell leaning into especially recently with your platform is the idea of vulnerability through your art and through social media. And can you speak to that in any way and like what you think the importance of that is and why that's such a, I mean, I almost feel like vulnerability is like a buzzword right now. Like why? Brene Brown, baby. Yeah, Brene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really tough because a lot of people are surprised to hear me say this. But I deeply believe that no one is obligated to be vulnerable online. Mm -hmm. If you want to make your Instagram a highlight reel, I don't think that's ethically wrong. I don't think Mm -hmm. there's any moral obligation to share things that you don't feel ready to share online. So that is the premise through which I look at all moments of vulnerability online. But that being said, I think it's really glorious and brave when other people step forward and are honest about shame or grief or fear or jealousy or any any of the millions of shades of unsavory emotions, which are all the more unsavory if they're being felt by a female heart since we just like want women mm-hmm. to be very small and and tidy and palatable and so i'm so deeply inspired when i see especially other women uh share experiences from their life the rawer the better online and i'm so grateful for that and it's something that really empowers me when i do it but i i don't I would never ascribe this life for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It I don't doesn't... think oh. – well, you know, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I think you started by saying, like, it might be surprising to people. And I was just going to say that doesn't surprise me. Like, it doesn't surprise me that you feel that way. And it's because you live it. Like, you walk the walk so you understand the impact. And I think it's a lot of times people who don't necessarily open up who feel more comfortable attacking other people or like doing these things that are like what I see as harmful behavior, like for them and for others, it's just like creating kind of a toxic environment online or toxic environments in general. And I think those are more of the people who don't know how to tap into their own vulnerability. And that's why it can be so hard for them to see someone else do it and maybe makes them want to like lash out at it. 
if you actually take the time to be vulnerable yourself, you don't want to hurt other people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You don't. (laughs) You don't have time for it. You don't have energy for it. Like skin is clearer. I mean, like, you know, it's amazing. It's a life hack. Yeah, it's total life hack. But yeah, in all in all seriousness, I, I do think vulnerability and empathy are so so deeply and meaningfully linked. It's it's so hard to have compassion for others without uh, vulnerability mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, like, having vulnerability yourself. That sentence had no <laughs> verb, so that's but good. Verbs are overrated. Um, that's that's. But yeah. yeah, kind of speaking speaking to to that idea too, though. Yeah, this idea that it does feel very much in this current world of like oversaturation of content and like everyone having their own platform if they choose to on the internet that you are pretty much damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you're not vulnerable enough, people are going to be mad at you. If you're too vulnerable, people are going to find it unnerving. It's just like it doesn't matter either way. So just do it. Yeah. whatever fucking way you want like mm-hmm. because it it just doesn't matter because you're all gonna die yeah that's what <laughs> like we said <laughs> i was like i was if you hadn't added it i would be like because we're all you know time isn't ever advancing <laughs> and we're all hurtling towards death <laughs> yeah right like yeah we're all t- hurtling towards the infinite abyss and one day we'll all be returned to the furnace of the universe <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I'm so jealous that I can't have a glass of wine while I do this podcast. I have to go do an interview for Glamour after this. Uh, not not for Glamour, for the, you know, inanimate feeling of it all, but for the yes. OUR the magazine. magazine. And I just feel like it wouldn't be good to be even lightly wine drunk for that. <laughs> yeah, it might not be as fun as it would be right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I, I really, I'm really bummed that we couldn't have a glass of wine together because you said that at first, being like, "Yeah, we just started talking about art and like having wine together," and I was like, "Oh my god, sounds amazing." Yeah, full disclosure, we're drinking mimosas right now, yeah. so. <laughs> So cheers. Oh my God. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. 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 That's exactly the vibe I want to be on. But um, yeah, I'd love to do some more, I don't know, specialty episodes. I could pitch you guys some, I don't know, topics that might be interesting or if you guys ever come up against any like internet art history stuff, yeah. I'll literally include my phone in the uh, in our little chat here. So you love the bat phone of how to reach me. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, this conversation was great. And hopefully when we head out to New York City, we can meet up and yeah, actually have a drink in person mm-hmm. for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I want to have you guys over for dinner. And you guys will really see uh, the new Vanitas still life. I have a lot of dry flowers. Yes, here for it. Yeah, great. I'll add my phone number to the group chat. And will all four of you be in New York? Yep. Yep. Whole group. The whole gang. gang. Let's fucking go. Okay, Uh, I'm going to go get ready for my next interview. But it was so nice to talk to you guys. And I'm just the biggest fan of everything you're doing. I think it's so amazing. It just really, really, I think fandom is just the right word for me to describe how I feel. Oh, thank you so much. That's this so sweet. This has been so fun. Yeah, this has been a great conversation. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for reaching out and wanting to talk to us. And 
best of luck in your next interview. Thank you. And I'm always here if you need anything at all, any help with Instagram. Probably not the best person to call for an art history question, um, but I know some other people who could help. So I could pass you along to someone who knows more and doesn't just use Wikipedia like I do. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> but anything else, I'm all, all available for. Perfect. But, um, yeah, have a great day. I don't know. Don't know how to get off this call. I, I don't know how to end it. I don't know how to end You're stuck with us. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like the person who's like, goodbye now. And then I'm just like, you know, you like, Linger. I don't know, get in the same elevator. And you're like, oh, okay, we're still, we're still here. I don't know. We're all know in the to... same elevator still. I don't know actually how right. to leave. So thank you so much for being here, Caroline. And thank you everyone for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh man, you keep cutting in and out. Is there maybe is the mic somewhere that it keeps getting like muffled? It kind of sounds like you're going underwater. Oh, I mean, I'm. I wish I could say that that was happening because, man, wouldn't that be an exciting tangent for us to talk about? But I was like, oh. You know, you mentioned it, but I'm just actually uh, going in and out of some small body of water here in my apartment. <laughs>